Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We are two associate marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision. And we're here to debunk myths and deliver truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. How are you doing today, Ryan? You know, I'm kind of thinking it's time for us to go our separate ways, Talia. It's not you. It's definitely me. It's, it's not totally you. It's always been you. <laughs> it's definitely me. <laughs> oh, what a line, right? It's definitely not me. It's you. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, I'm doing wonderful, and I don't want you out of my life. I think we committed last episode or the episode before that um, we're stuck together for life, by the way. That's I'm true. Sure. We, we did we recorded that. that. We made... <laughs> We made that oath. <laughs> we made that oath in front of everybody in the world. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Well, stoked? Is that the right word? I actually am interested in today's yes. topic a lot. Me too. And uh, for many, many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our topic today, if, if listeners have not gathered, is uh, self-care and aftercare post-breakup. So yeah. this is the phase of relationship dissolvement where you've already broken up with your partner um, mm-hmm. and how to care for yourself after this has happened and Ryan and I will talk about generally you know what kind of emotions come up what are good things to do to stay on the right track and and make sure you're still keeping your mental health in mind while while you're healing and how to navigate your way through it because it can be really uncharted territories for some people yeah it can be really scary really overwhelming um depending on what the relationship was how long you're in whether it Mm -hmm. was um a serious um, you know, decades long marriage and, yeah. and then you're going through divorce with kids. That's really hard. Or even if it was, you know, a few months relationship and then any realizing like it's not really right for you. Yeah. Um, so I, I, we'll see where it goes. There's so much to talk about. That's mm-hmm. why we want to really focus it on the post. Yeah. Like the breakups happened. What does that mean? So yes. we might do a different episode in the future, but like what's going on when you're in that world where you might be thinking the relationship's ending. Yeah. But for today, Will I, they, I like won't they? Yeah. 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 Um, I like that we're really focusing on what to do, the breakups mm-hmm. happened, and some of the, just the themes that come up from that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say also, one of the reasons why we taught, you and I talked about doing this is because you and I both recently went through a breakup. Yes. So we've been talking privately about that and noticing things for ourselves and want to go, oh, well, let's, this is relationships. Um, it may not be mm-hmm. a fun part of relationships, but part it's it, really an important factor that a lot of us go through. Mm-hmm. And so wanted to um, share that and then start talking about both our experiences and how we've navigated it. And then also some other really cool things that we know from being therapists of how to go through that. Yes. So, so what do you think? What's, <laughs> where should we start? Yeah. Um, what's the number one thing that we want listeners to remember about, hey, you just had a breakup. Remember this. Mm-hmm. I would say, and this is what I've said for quite some time, personally, as well as professionally, that we often wear like rose colored glasses. So we often look back and see things very favorably. And it's there's science and psychology behind it of why we do that. We often look back when something has ended favorably, which pulls us back to, hey, why can't that work? Why can't we go back? That's when we start you know, second guessing or questioning, even if we're the ones who broke up with the other person, it's a natural yeah. part of the process, I think is yeah. the first piece of that. The, 
the final and last, I guess the second piece of that is that your breakup is actually chemical and hormonal withdrawal. Mm -hmm. It's not just Mm -hmm. emotional pain. It absolutely is that. Mm -hmm. But the reason why breaking up is so hard to do, even if you are the one who ends the relationship, even if you've known, right, you're like, eh, Mm -hmm. it might not be working out. I'll give it a certain amount of time. You know, let's see what it's like in a month. And then the month Mm -hmm. passes, right? Nope, this is still the choice. It still is a withdrawal. Because if you look at that, you've been texting them, maybe, right? FaceTime, you've had contact with them, whether it's super frequent or you've noticed it less and over the time, you've still had contact. And that's really hard, right? To not pick up your phone and see them texting you, to not have that person to call if you mm-hmm. wanted to have a shoulder to just talk to, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's joy or, or sadness. And that part of it is what is really important to keep in mind. I tell people, give it a month. Give it an absolute month with ideally no contact, no checking their stories, no social media, nothing. Full clean break. Give it one month. Let your hormones reset and then reevaluate. Do you really still want to be with that person, right? Because sometimes a breakup can be a break and that's a different issue. But sometimes it's, oh, I'm so glad I gave myself that amount of time because there's memes. So it's like, remember that person you thought you could never live without? Look at you living in shit. And it's just yeah. like, <laughs> look at you just Look at them thriving. <laughs> look at them thriving. When I give that advice, it's genuine advice that goes for any sort of breakup, I think. Of course, there's caveats yeah. to it. But yeah. I do think it's really important to keep in mind that you're going through your own process at the same time as another person and you might not be on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's also another meme where it's like girls after breakup, it's like they cry for one day this and they're dancing in a field of flowers (laughs) and like a week and the guy's like dancing in a field of flowers after a day and then crying. And then it's, so it's like a reverse process. Of course, That's not every relationship, but there, there are differences of how people cope and how people heal as well as, a month is a good idea for just a general baseline cleanse. Let's get things back to normal. Let's let's try and get you back to you before we make any decisions. You know, oh, I have to move. I have to cut my hair. I have to do all this stuff. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> give it a month and then we'll see about those dramatic changes. Yeah. I love that that really aligns with sort of my number one message, uh, which is you've broken up you are lonely. Yes. That's okay. And it will pass. Yes. Because uh, just like what you're saying, there's a, there's that d- true deep emotion of loneliness and we experience emotions because of the chemical processing in our brains. Mm-hmm. So there is this withdrawal of certain chemicals and hormones because we're no longer having that um, relational connection, which we get like yes. you're saying through texting, we get through touch, we get through interaction um, and so we're going to be lonely and yeah, that's okay. The thing is when we're lonely, that can feel like one of the most disheartening and hopeless spaces to be for some people. Yeah. And so that's why my message is to remember that it's okay to be lonely. We're going to talk about ways to care for yourself when you're lonely, but remember that that's a natural process. And like you're saying, I love your advice of give it a month. It doesn't mean all the pain's gone in a month, but you'll get through that really rough part of loneliness and it'll change. And then a few things you'll start noticing down the road, including Mm -hmm. you're back to being attuned to yourself, which has to be a huge benefit post a breakup. You get a lot of people can thrive individually when they're no longer with certain partners, as well as you'll start reconnecting with other people in other ways, not necessarily romantically, 
but you can start, you know, building these friendships, start realizing, like, oh, I'm not really lonely anymore. You will get through it. It's so the number one thing. You're going to be lonely. That's okay. And it will pass. Mm-hmm. And on the, I, I think on the flip side to that, there's a, I th- like, at least for me and my most recent breakup, my life pretty much just went back to normal. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, paradoxically enough, I had more time to do what I was already wanting to do. I think it was more Mm -hmm. of a unique case in in just my experience of it because I had, uh, I approached the last relationship with, wow, my life really is fulfilled. I have pretty much everything I want. I'd like Mm -hmm. to add someone into that to share in that joy. Mm -hmm. And it aligned for a while and then it didn't align for various reasons. And so I noticed in that piece of it, when I had that month, right, that first month Mm -hmm. or whatever after to myself, I actually wasn't as lonely as I have been in previous breakups Mm. in my life or separations in my life. It was more, wow, I'm back to me. It it Mm. really highlighted for me that it wasn't a negative about myself or the person. It was really about the the timing and the overlap of Mm. timing in both of our lives that I actually felt less lonely when I was single again Mm. I actually I was starting to feel lonely at the end of my relationship and then once I was done and and going back to again just my normal which was working Mm. seeing friends like nothing changed for me for the worse I just went right back to seeing more and and I highlight that because oftentimes people getting into and out of relationships they're not they're not holding true to what they are usually doing in their life like they make a lot of sacrifices and make it all about the relationship and then of course there's going to be a lot of loneliness and again we've talked about depending on how long you're together with someone makes obviously if you're together 15 years loneliness totally normal if you're together six months or a year it may not be the same level of loneliness it might be like gosh i really miss them this is a bummer but i'll go out with my friends i'll make it work wow i'm I'm feeling back to normal right so we're not mandating you have to feel lonely. And if you do, it's not going to last forever. No. Um, And there's different style. um, There's different shades of loneliness. True. Um, A lot of people um, leave long-term relationships because they're lonely. True. Um, It's, you have been together for 15, 25 years. And the last five years, you've been so lonely. You've tried so hard to build connection with your partner, which was lost whenever that then that's so painful that you need to leave. Um, I would say, you know, that's kind of more of, of the type of thing I, we might see in our offices clinically um, and then a piece to the entire audience we're speaking to right now. However, there's still going to be a, a shift of loneliness after that, yes. where now it's, you're not, maybe someone's not lonely because they have a partner in their lives and they're not connecting, which is a style of loneliness. It's, okay, I've made that choice. I don't want to be lonely anymore, so I'm done. And I still have to navigate this world as an individual, whereas mm-hmm. maybe in my head, my heart, and in the chemicals of my brain, <laughs> I've, I've, I've lived in partnership. Right. So it, it's just different. Yeah, uh, and, and that's okay. Independence, yeah. 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 And that kind of goes to another point I want to make where um, there, we're talking about some good strategies today and trying to normalize the process. And yet in some ways there is no normal. Everyone is different. goes through this. It's hard. It's different. And that that's like grief mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a grief process Yes. after the end of a relationship and grief is complicated. And there are tons of emotions 
latched on to grief. And some of them are really positive. Mm-hmm. It can be very relieving. It can be True. very hopeful, joyful in the moment. Yeah. And then, you know, that could be your morning. And then by the afternoon, you're feeling guilty because you were so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, I, I, I didn't, ex- I, I never experienced that recently. No, I swear. Can't relate. I, I swear. Can't relate. But it's true, right? <laughs> we go through yeah. these emotions and I think that's the hard part about what was that? What is that quote? Breaking up is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's not the actual breakup, though that mm-hmm. does take some balls, so to speak. Yeah. Um, no, seriously. But it's after the breakup, who do you go to, right? Do you go mm-hmm. to friends who are like, oh, don't worry, you'll find another one. And if you're mm-hmm. still grieving, it's like, I don't want to find another one. Like, I'm yeah. sad I don't have this person anymore. I just yeah. kind of want to be, right? I just want to exist. Yeah. And then there's other people who will just sit and listen, right? It's yeah. how do you care for yourself and who do you go to afterwards? So knowing which friends or which support systems you can utilize depending on what feeling, right? You just mentioned mm-hmm. you could be one way by the morning and in the evening, feel a different mm-hmm. way. It's yeah. important to identify other people in your support systems, not to not have one go-to. I think that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. best friend was definitely my go-to. She was my person after my breakup. Nice. And I also had other people to go to, yeah. depending on what opinion I wanted to hear, right? I have yeah. a friend who can do devil's advocate. I have people mm-hmm. who can literally just listen and let me have all my feelings. And then I mm-hmm. had somebody who is basically like the Carrie Underwood was just like, oh my gosh, well, I'll do anything for you. Like, I'll slash his tires. I'm like, that's not yeah. the type of ex we're dealing with. That was my <laughs> other one. Like, we're good. <laughs> and so I think it's important for people to know you can go to different people. You're not going to be a burden on them, right? Like, yeah. it's always check in to make sure that it's okay for, you know, it's time to vent or, hey, I need some advice. Do you have a minute? But it's helpful. Be- and I explain it when I do I do a breakup boot camp um, to help clients post-breakup you are used to having a co-author essentially, right? Like if your life is a narrative, you're used to Mm -hmm. having, and I'm doing that like figure eight infinity symbol stuff for those of you who can't see, you're used to having somebody to do that infinity symbol or that dance with. And now that person's gone, right? Your partner, Mm -hmm. however long you are with them is missing. So your brain hasn't caught up yet. It starts to write the story of, Hey, I should text. Wait a second. I can't do that. Emotions hit. Wait, Mm -hmm. oh, like it's this wall. Like we Mm -hmm. we try and reach out and hit that wall. And so while you're caring for yourself and rewriting that narrative that you're solo instead of Mm -hmm. partnered, reaching out to people who are in your support system can help fix that infinity symbol back so it feels like it's flowing again versus just, oh, I have no one to go to. I have no one to talk to. I'm so alone in this. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a therapist at the beginning, right? Even if your friends can't be there for you, but you can find a therapist, Mm -hmm. that's going to be really, really helpful post-breakup. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that got me through mine is having such a strong social support. Yes. Same. Um, I know that not everyone has, you know, an, an extensive social support. It's one thing to maybe consider if you're listening to this and you're not in breakup mode going, huh, mm-hmm. you know, just something to kind of take a look at in general for your mental health, having that. Um, and one of the things you're describing is you shared, you, you have a social support where you can also kind of know, who to reach out to for what need. Yes. So that's, if, if we slow that down for listeners, I, I recommend taking time for anyone going through a breakup. Like, okay, what do I need right now? Do I need to um, just be near somebody? Mm-hmm. You know, just, I need to not be alone. I need to connect with someone, which right now, um, cause we're still in the time of COVID that might be a, 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 you know, a Zoom call or a, a you know something, a FaceTime. 
um, depending on, on where I could be appropriate for you to get together at a park somewhere with some safe social distancing, just not being alone, who knows, but it could be as simple as that. It could be other times where you're realizing, man, I'm feeling so much. I really need someone who can just hear, hear my feelings and not judge me and be safe, mm-hmm. uh, which you were describing as an example for yourself. Yeah. Um, there could be times, and this is for me, I'm such a thinker. Um, I leaned on people who um, were um, compassionate with me so I could just sit and talk out my thoughts so I can organize my thoughts. Yes. So I can just get there and be like, here's everything I'm thinking. And for me, once I come to conclusions about you know where I'm at, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, there, if there's something where some people really do like advice and being told kind of, hey, what to do, you can reach out. Right. Those are just... I'm kind of rambling on about different things. The point being is all of us can try to develop this skill of going, what do I need right now? And then being deliberate and intentional with the person your friends reach out to. They could be different. Like you're saying, you have different people. It could be the same person, but you letting, you know, your best friend know, okay, today I just need to be distracted and be with somebody. We don't need to talk. Or today can you just listen to me? I'm sorry if it's going to hurt you for just to let me vent. Mm-hmm. It might be frustrating, but I really just need a safe person to dump some feelings. Yeah. Um, whatever it is. I just think it's very helpful for all of us going through a breakup to be attuned to what that need is. And it takes some practice and that's where, you know, life as a therapist gets useful because we know these things, but it's nice to um, develop that skill set. And I would highly encourage people to be always yourself, okay, what do I need right now? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which side note, um, you know, I've been rambling, uh, not just in uh, what you need when you reach out for support. That's like a huge umbrella thing. Reach out for people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right up. But also, what do you need and how do you care for yourself? Yes. Uh, I think it's been a wonderful discussion um, given um, COVID-19 that's mm-hmm. been at least in our community and hopefully getting it out to everyone mm-hmm. about how are we caring for ourselves in this unprecedented time. Well, same thing with a breakup. It's disorienting. It, there's grief, there's loss, there's newness, there's transition. So how do you care for yourself? And that's kind of the exact question I'm asking you, Talia. What are things of caring for yourself post-breakup individually, not just reaching out to someone for support? I would say get yourself working out, period. I don't care how physical it is. Physical exercise. Physical exercise, a <laughs> yeah. walk, a run, lifting weights. Yeah. People are starting to open up a little bit more in terms of home workouts, et cetera. So uh-huh. find something that you can do physically to get those endorphins moving around in your body and get the, yeah. the, that pent up physiological tension out. Yeah. Uh, as as much as the person can avoid drugs and alcohol as a coping skill because that's just going to numb and shove down your feelings whether they're you're drinking because you're super happy or super sad or or anything in between we don't want to utilize any sort of substance that's going to numb or mute the emotional experience yes it's painful it's painful for a reason and it's going to suck to go through it but it's like ripping the band-aid off you get it done and you not suffer but for lack of a better word and you suffer through it for that month and you're like oh my god this is the worst thing ever but you finish at the end and feel like wow I actually did the work I sat with it and I feel a lot better I think that's healthier than shoving it down and being like oh I'm fine I'm fine and then six months later you're still pining over your ex right like sit down do the work try not to numb out I'm not saying don't ever use a substance but as much as you can 
try to use them as you usually would, right? Oh, have a glass of wine with dinner or a beer at the weekend with my friends at the pool kind of, you know, that I'm not saying is the worst, but we don't want it to turn into numbing or we don't want it to turn into an excuse to reach out again and then reconnect those sensors in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I support the message of best practices is don't use substances to, Mm -hmm. to grieve a breakup with, the same coffee as he was like, let's be yeah. honest, we do that. I'll of say course. I definitely did. Um, I know one time I did it in a way that I was not happy. Basically, mm-hmm. I abused, I, I drank way mm-hmm. too much. Um, and that wasn't helpful. It was right. the exact thing you described where instead of then actually processing and working through the feelings, I just dunked them and avoided them. And guess what? That just lets them fester. Yep. So then it, I actually prolonged my pain exactly because I didn't engage with them so um I get that in our culture a lot of people that's the go-to when you're in that kind of breakup pain so here how that can really actually make the pain process uh last and then if if it's really unbearable you know start just increasing your tolerance not to alcohol but to True. genuine emotion, which means yeah. maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I'm done with my work day. I'm really emo, my term, um, <laughs> when uh, you're done with, a, you know, because of the breakup and you're like, great, mm-hmm. as soon as I'm done with work, I want to go start getting a beer or I want to, you know, fix myself a cocktail. Okay. If that's your past go-to and that sure. wasn't really workful, why not say, I know I really want to now, let me wait until nine o'clock. Right. Give myself those a little bit three of time. shitty hours where you know it's going to be painful, right. but engage with that that pain and that grief and work through it. And then go, like, okay, nine o'clock, I increased my tolerance. Now I'll have my cocktail and I won't get smashed. But like, there you go. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying that's like the greatest thing to do. I'm just saying if you're We're so realistic, realistic. That's your thing. Yeah, just absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, start knowing and just be thoughtful about um, how much are you really avoiding uh, the the hurt of the breakup mm-hmm. versus. Um, you know, you're actually uh, coping with it. Right. And I think now is societally, because so much is shut down, now is a really tough time for people who used to cope by going out and getting wasted at the bars and going home with random people to try and grieve a breakup. Yeah. Can't do that right now. You got to sit with your discomfort. And yes, I mean, again, people can choose to overindulge in substances at home, but highly not recommended. And I would also say aftercare and a breakup is not immediately hooking up with or chatting with or jumping right into online dating. Mm-hmm. Again, still waiting the month. Like regardless, mm-hmm. my rule is great in a month, great mm-hmm. in a month. Like that's going to be the response all my clients know, especially in the boot camp. Mm-hmm. I, and I get tough with them. I don't want to hear how much this is coming to you and then hearing the slip up into this and then it's like actively working against the treatment program i would like to hear this is really tough for me but like you said i waited till nine and i see the merit in it now mm-hmm. right and again not everybody's going to be able to handle not doing all the things they want for a month but we don't want somebody to jump right into bed with somebody else because why people are like oh that works again hormones if we go back mm-hmm. to the biology and the neuroscience of it that whole to get over somebody you have to get under somebody else mm-hmm. chemically you're reconnecting with somebody, but it's not going to be the same. Everybody knows intimacy in a relationship is way different than intimacy with especially a random person. Like mm-hmm. you're not, especially for a woman, you're, you're definitely not going to get what you were arriving for, so to speak. Yeah. And, and there's no sense in doing that because a lot of guilt and shame can come up, especially if substances were involved in that. 
the morning after? Why yeah. invite more pain and hurt into your life while you're already hurting? Yeah. The, the rebound phenomenon, the hookup yeah. phenomenon post-breakup, it is a soothing strategy. What we want to look at, though, is like, well, what, what's the purpose of that rebound for soothing? And how long after? And how long after? Because the tr- just like the substances thing, it's really an avoidance of that pain. Mm-hmm. So that is soothing because you don't have to, in that moment, feel it. Unfortunately, though, it's a type of soothing strategy that almost always makes it worse. Because yeah. like you're saying, it's more complicated. You might be like, oh man, I made these, these decisions that really aren't true to my values or right. in whatever way. Now I just feel like I didn't get what I really needed. And, and the next morning I'm like, well, shit, now I probably did something with a person I don't really care that much about. Yes. And it, it didn't even get to the real feeling mm-hmm. to process because it was just avoiding it. So when you're looking at like, well, what is soothing about being with someone? It's honoring like, okay, I'm lonely. Um, it's a, it's a dopamine serotonin hit, which are those pleasure hormones in the mm-hmm. brain. So it's like, great. I can get that and feel good. It's a high. It's just like, you know, shooting up some heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can be relieving. So instead, how might we choose to soothe ourselves, but in a way that's not going to be more detrimental? Right. How can we fulfill some of, you know, some relief of loneliness by connecting with someone not in a rebound hookup sexual way. So there's not the danger of it. Mm-hmm. And how can we process those negative feelings and not need to turn to a dopamine serotonin hit that is um, problematic. Right. So and it's that's nothing, the whole yeah. point of, of, of being intentional. Of how do you soothe yourself? Yeah. It's there. I'm not saying that being, like you, I said earlier, the timeline of the quote unquote rebound, mm-hmm. if it's a few months after breakup and you've sat and done the heart work and the hard work and processed, and now you're kind of in the dating phase again versus the rebound phase, that's a different story. Yeah. Still being mindful, am I doing this for an intentional and, and purposeful reason, right? It's not just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll get back at my ex by getting into a relationship. Like that's mm-hmm. not helpful either. Please don't get into revenge relationships. No. <laughs> it's almost worse than a rebound relationship. <laughs> I'd say for sure, but in yeah. a different topic, different yeah. topic. <laughs> so being intentional about why you're doing what you're doing, right? Why yeah. am I wanting that extra glass of uh, alcohol? Why am I wanting to text this person? Why, like yeah. slowing down and asking yourself before you make a choice after a breakup is a great way to have self-care. Just a few deep breaths, right? I'm not yeah. saying don't actually do the behavior after. Well, sometimes yeah. I am, but ideally knowing why you're doing that is going to help you to realize, oh, this is how I've always coped and it's never ended well. I actually want to change. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to use the same old roadmap. I want a new path right now. And yeah. most people, it's scary. I'm not saying it's not scary. And I'm not sitting here saying that it's the easiest thing in the world. But if you don't want to continue to have the same relational pattern or you're the person who's, oh, everybody always breaks up with me or I'm always the one who leaves people. When am I going to find the person? If you're not finding yourself and if you're not taking that time after a breakup to seriously do some internal work and ask yourself, yes, even if it was a blamable reason, I call them when you broke up with a person, let's say your ex cheated on you, um, you still have a part in that. I'm not saying you caused it, but I'm saying there's a part of you that in the relationship, maybe you did or didn't know, right? Or your ex treated you poorly or your ex didn't make time for you or whatever the reasoning is that's still a partnership. Even if it's not ideal, there's some amount of that, you know, that figure eight dance going on. 
it's asking yourself, okay, these are things I've identified that my partner could have done differently for me to want to stay. And then maybe what did I learn about myself going through that relationship that I liked? What did I learn that I wouldn't put up with again? Doing some self-reflection, right? It's not about blaming, oh, everything. I remember this was years ago. I, I was um, talking to this guy and I think he had recently got out of a relationship. And I remember asking him one of the miracle questions I give which is like, oh, you know, if you look at your last relationship, what do you think you did to contribute to it, right? Like, how do you think the ending of it may have, you know, also fallen on you kind of a thing? He was like, nothing, it was all her fault. And I'm like, clearly you're not ready to be in a relationship, like (laughs) with anyone. Um, Also, how's your relationship with your mom? No, (laughs) but I remember asking that and he was- It's also mom's fault, by the way. It's also your mom's fault though. He was so in (laughs) denial. He's like, no, I did nothing. It was all her. She was crazy, blah, blah, blah. First red flag, if a guy calls all their exes crazy, he's the crazy one, just from experience. (laughs) Um, But really it's asking yourself, okay, what did I do to either contribute or maybe I could have done differently. Maybe I noticed, gosh, I noticed my partner wasn't doing these things. So I pulled away. What was that about, right? Do some introspection, do that self-reflection as part of your self-care. And in order to do that, I think it's better to have more sobriety from your ex, more sobriety from substances and be reaching out to a support system that can help you while you become that new enlightened person you want to be yeah um i want to talk about uh learn about new enlightened person but first i want to go down a mini tangent of um the the crazy ex so uh when you when you're reminding me of this phenomenon which i'm happy to say i don't have crazy exes um (laughs) but uh it when you when someone hears that let's just imagine like yes i mean there are genuine crazy exes who have done stuff um, not to put you on blast, but I've heard a thing or two of, uh, Oh, of my ex was a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not the this most current one, the one before no, no, no. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Certifiable. Yeah. 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 Um, which we've talked about on the podcast. Before, <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, so definitely there's some crazy elements to it. Yeah. What you're saying though is, is if you're the part, you know, if, if you're the person saying, oh, my exes are crazy and you stop there because their stuff was crazy, but you also didn't take a moment to go, what, what did I enable in that craziness? Mm-hmm. What were the red flags that I missed or that I justified away? Mm-hmm. Because guess what? In the relationship, you might be with the crazy person, but you're the one who chose to be with the crazy person. True. So there was definitely something going on that anyone, even if they have a history of crazy exes, it's mm-hmm. never just the crazy ex's fault. There's no. definitely something um, about, uh, you know, contributing to that or allowing it to happen, not having a firm boundary or a clear value for yourself mm-hmm. that went, okay, I'm going to stay in this world mm-hmm. long enough for the real crazy to emerge. Mm-hmm. So that's just my little mini yes. um, caveat. If there, you, are, if you, there are absolutely crazy that. exes. Some of them yeah. are so crazy. You have no clue. Like, to be honest, they do it so yeah. well that it's like, what the hell? Like, yeah. There are people who Which are master painful. manipulators, master yeah. gaslighters, where even the most trained people, like speaking from personal experience, yeah. was not apparent for months. Like, yeah. again, true sociopath was yeah. awful. And that yeah. going through that changed my whole life, like with, yeah. in a positive way, was transformational. <laughs> but if the person is saying, oh, no, it's always, right, those, those um, mm. magnifiers, it's always been this, it's never my fault, it's always yeah. a crazy ex, all the, it's, and, I, and I don't really talk to girls about this Mm -hmm. much but i've heard it a lot from guys like Mm -hmm. the all their exes are crazy type of thing right Mm -hmm. because i don't date women so i 
I, mm-hmm. I date men. So hearing that if there's one or two peppered in the bunch, whatever, right. You know, let's yeah. say you're in your thirties and somebody has one, you know, one of the crazy ex stories. Okay. I'm not saying just because they've had one, but if they categorize every single ex and can also not take responsibility for what they did to contribute to the downfall, yeah. that's a yeah. huge red flag. Please run huge away. Red flag. Yeah. Who's yeah. the common denominator in that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to this, uh, I, th- I think enlightened, how did you phrase it? But yeah, I love your enlightened of, version of yourself. Yeah. I always think about that. It gets a little hokey, but it is a true thing of like, um, taking time after a breakup to kind of like rediscover yourself and fall in love with yourself. And because that's a little frou-frou, um, for, you know, somebody here like, just fall in love with yourself. That's <laughs> not really my style. Um, I kind of switch it up a little bit and talk about like, um, when you masturbate, you can mm-hmm. make love to yourself right. or, or not. And this actually an idea from, um, a, a close female friend of mine, um, and we've been friends forever. So like, I think we we're in our early twenties when she told me like, most of the way she masturbates isn't the way I masturbate. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in my twenties where, you know, the a guy version is kind of like, kind of, for me, I'll just say, um, fantasizing about a, a particular, um, person I'm into. Right. She was talking about actually when she masturbates, there's very much, very, not frequently, not always a fantasy of a partner she's with, hmm. which blew my mind at the time. It's like, what? There's other ways. <laughs> what? Says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For her, she's like, no, really. I consider masturbating at times a place for me to love myself Hmm. that blew my mind because I do think that's a a really cool feminine trait that as a dude I never considered so applying that now to breakups it's like yeah you can have that time to kind of love on yourself yeah take yourself on dates yeah and that can literally be like go masturbate to yourself and enjoy yourself and learn that and take this time to also emotionally and spiritually understand yourself Mm mm-hmm that is hard to do because so many of us struggle with loving ourselves. Yeah. So many of us struggle to accept ourselves and particularly post breakup. You're saying, even if you're the one who does the breakup, you might be questioning, did I do enough? Was I right? You know, you might, there's a huge feeling, at least I relate to is like, mm-hmm. was I good enough? Or was, you know, what kind of guilt do I have with the relationship? But that's why mm-hmm. my advice to people is choose to force yourself to spend time yes. loving yourself after a breakup. Yeah. It may not come naturally, but if you're like, I mean, I'm such a structured person. All right, for the next hour, mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to accept and love myself. Maybe right. I am going to masturbate within that time. Maybe I am going to take myself on a date. Whatever it is in your world that goes, no, for the next hour, I am just going to reflect on myself and be ridiculously loving to myself. Mm-hmm. An hour is a long time for that, by the way. That's really hard to do. But it's such a good, <laughs> it's, a timer. Such a good it's such a good practice to right. like force yourself to do that and take the time of the breakup to, to yeah. go through. If you don't know how you want to be dated, how can you expect somebody else to know how to date you? Yeah. Right. And or, I've given that example yeah. before of I don't when it comes to um, partnership and intimacy, I don't want to teach somebody how to make coffee. Right. Yeah. I don't want to teach them how to do the things, but yeah. I don't mind modifying. Hey, can you go to the left instead of the right? Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. this is actually my preference amount of time on whatever, you know, activity. Yeah. I think that's a difference, like learning to date yourself and get in touch with the parts of you that you might not like. Right. And uh-huh. some people have awareness like, oh, I have these issues or these pet peeves about myself that I know, like I'm, I'm always late. I'm not, but I have friends like I'm always uh-huh. late. I'm this, I'm that. 
take the time in that breakup to work on those things, to better yourself for you, not to try and be like, oh, I'll be good enough for another person. You have to become the person you want to partner with. It's not about finding the one. It's about being the one and becoming the one for you. And I think in that sense, when people don't take the time to do that work on themselves, they're really losing out on being open in their next relationship to share, hey, I actually learned a lot. These are my new standards and I'm not settling until I get these. And I, I remember this was a few weeks ago talking to one of my friends and it was one of those days where I needed a vent uh, uh-huh. post breakup. And I remember telling her, especially as a therapist who's been doing this self-development work for 13 plus years at this point, uh-huh. there's only so much like for me that I can do post breakup that I am actually going to further isolate myself <laughs> from the dating pool. Cause it's like, I already know way too much, which is why relationships with me usually only last three to six months. Cause I have already figured <laughs> everything out. And then I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And the other person's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah. trust me, it's your mom. It's this, it's that it's not going to work. Just, <laughs> just go with it. And then a few years later I get the messages. Damn, you were right. Like that I totally right. see. I'm right. like, what was that again? No, yeah. but it's, it's true that we want to make sure we're taking time for ourselves, And I personally, with this time, it's not about me doing more self-development or whatever else. Not that Mm -hmm. that's not happening. Mm -hmm. It's more for me. Okay. These are the standards I want. I'm just going to go back to doing everything I was really enjoying, everything that was bringing me joy and nourishment and Mm -hmm. being ready again, like I was this past one for the next Mm -hmm. partnership of somebody who is more in line with the timeline of where I'm at in my career, in my life. Yeah. Ooh, and something you just said um, sparked a thing in me about like finding what brings you joy. Yes. Um, one thing is, of course, in relationships, we found our, you know, our happiness in some way with our partner. Sure. So this is a wonderful opportunity to take stock of, okay, what brings me joy? For some of us, there's all, those are still in place post breakup. Mm-hmm. For example, I think I mentioned all the time how much I adore Magic the Gathering. Yes. It's my favorite hobby. Um, that brings me joy. It's a very individual thing that will pretty much never be taken away from me. However, there were other things to go like, well, what else brings me joy? I can't just do that. And there's plenty of people, um, who may not even have a tune of like, well, what does joy mean to me in a single world? Mm -hmm. Especially if you've been in a relationship again, 15, 20 plus years, how do you experience joy, um, outside of a relationship? So um, I love that you brought that specific emotion up. And I think it also ties to becoming more aligned with yourself, loving yourself, figuring you out and your self-esteem and self-worth will soothe that. Um, So find your joy. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm throwing out not necessarily specifics to do, but some really important themes to focus on. I have specifics Um, to do. You got some. Okay, cool. Which is good because we have a few minutes left. Why don't you rock us with some nice specifics Specifics, and I will include these on our website. Um, the specific things I would recommend you as the listener who has either just dumped somebody or just been dumped or is Mm -hmm. post breakup at any phase, Mm -hmm. please obviously go to your individual therapy. I say that literally for everything Mm -hmm. is my solution, but in in all seriousness, there's assessments that I will upload that are, they're self done. Like it's questions you answer, you score it yourself. It's really simple and you get to learn more about what makes you, you. So the three things that I usually suggest, the three assessments I suggest are an attachment style quiz. Uh You need to know what attachment style you are because that could heavily contribute to how you like relationships and how your previous relationships may not have worked because there was a mismatch or a misunderstanding Uh of the needs for attachment. 
I would also say to take the love languages assessment. Please know your love languages. They're very important to learn. There's also a whole book on, it's important, oh, a quality time and physical touch. But let's say you have the exact same ones. What if my quality time is I want eight hours with you uninterrupted and yours is we go to a family gathering together as long as we sit next to each other, yeah. right? We think we're on the There's same nuances page. for yes. sure, yeah. So taking the love languages assessment is going to be helpful. Um, the third one I recommend is there's apology languages. So this oh. is how, how you accept and how you give so the I'm sorry, right? And that can be a huge mismatch with relationships of, well, I apologize and I was sorry. And your person is like, no, you weren't. You didn't do these things. And they're like, but I did these things. And you're not going to see the same thing because you'd have different apology languages, right? So, My mind, yeah. you just blew, which is, <laughs> I mean, I adore your mind, but I don't know if it's been, you haven't blown mine in a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, just because like, this is so great. And yeah. I've like never used practice and I'm like oh my gosh I can't wait to use this with my couple mm -hmm. um, yeah apology language that's amazing it's it's one of the easy not oh, easiest yeah. but yeah I know right go <laughs> me so <laughs> it is one of the most important yeah assessments I, I think you can take and this is not this these advices or this advice is not just about romantic relationships mm -hmm. your attachment your love language your apology language those all are in friendships as well Mm -hmm. And believe it or Absolutely. not, they're, they're also, especially the apology language piece, um, that can come out with a boss, right? Yeah. That can come out with a, a colleague, a, a person you share space with, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Or we notice this, you know, disgruntled people at restaurants, right? Well, yeah. I want a gift card and a this and a that and whatever. And the manager's like, we've apologized genuinely. We've done this. Like, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. more here. We yeah. want to make sure that we know this about ourselves to teach other people, regardless of the nature of the relationship, but especially when it comes to love, because it is higher stakes. Yeah. And the last Absolutely. one I, the last one I recommend, which this one, I, I would say if people choose to do this, I give this to my students. This is one that you would want to dive deeper with a therapist, not to mm. say you can't do self-work, but it's the Imago workup and Imago oh, is yeah. a, a, a type of therapy, but it essentially will walk you through a bit of why you might be having the relational pattern choices, as I mm -hmm. like to call them, that you that people have, because it stems from childhood. So those yeah. are the four assessments of this is actually what you can do post breakup that will help you to understand why you are the way you are, why mm -hmm. the partners you pick might be the way they are, and what might be that attraction piece uh, for for not only a, a, the amago like the deep level, but those love languages and the attachment piece. Um, that's going to be a big indicator of if you're going to have long-term compatibility, right? And if your partner, again, willing, right? My favorite, my favorite uh, trait, if your partner is willing to learn about this and meet you in the middle, even if you have a mismatch of a uh, love language or, or maybe a different attachment style, it's not that it can't be worked through, but both no. partners, the next time, again, you choose partnership or somebody who just broke up with, uh, just broke up with somebody or got broken up with, the next relationship you get into why not approach it from a more enlightened route and give it a better chance? And if you know yourself better, your next partner can know you even deeper. Absolutely. Um, so that's my advice. I love those. And I'm going to remember apology language now. <laughs> Very cool. Um, Any so last I, words for our listeners? I mean, there's, there's actually a, a lot more, I think, to talk about. Um, I'm, but I'm glad that I think this has a, a huge chunk of information. I don't want to be a super downer end, but I wanted to acknowledge one really important feeling that I have that I think a lot of people can have that we've only brushed on, which is um, 
there's there's shame and embarrassment in breakups for a lot of us mm-hmm. uh particularly you know uh if if you were working really hard to make it happen or oh, it's a long-term relationship or anything there's just always the like either you can feel um shame for yourself or like to the community you know we're talking about like deep relationships that ended and then that changes how you look at your identity how people look at you mm-hmm um, and we don't have time to go into like kind of processing through that. I just wanted to acknowledge that, to throw that out there so that people have heard it and hopefully normalize that process. Yes. That that's, that's okay. Um, and the main antidote to that is just be as gentle, compassionate with yourself as possible back to kind of loving yourself and, and doing these things. So, um, honor mm-hmm. some of that embarrassment, honor some of that shame, but we're imperfect beings and that's amazing. So just a, just a little moment of be gentle with yourself and love yourself as much as possible. Yeah, it's important to take time yeah. for you. And yeah. it is a gift that you can give to yourself. And, you know, we already probably know what it's like to use our old coping skills or throw ourselves back into work or something as a way to grieve. But why not try a little something different, right? Do what you usually do plus an assessment. <laughs> do yeah. it usually do plus a little something different. So yeah, that's so, our advice. I'm into it. All right. We will see you all in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. Thanks for listening to everybody. Um, if you've got questions or want to give us some feedback, um, go ahead and shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at the couples guide podcast.com mm-hmm. or slide in our DMS at the couples guide podcast. Heck yeah. And uh, we'll hopefully, uh, if you have any um, specific questions for the air, we'll we'll, um, try to get to those and answer them for you on your relationship. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye.